0: If you would stand with me and open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 31 and we are going to read from verse beginning in verse 28. Proverbs 31 and verse 28. When you got it say so. Proverbs 31 Verse 28, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Father, we love you and we thank you today for your grace and your love. Father, we do thank you for our mothers, Heavenly Father. I thank you for every mother that is here today. And even as I prayed earlier, God, I just pray a special blessing upon moms today. Father, that if nothing else, dear Lord, that they just feel appreciated in this day, my God. I, I, I agree with one of my friends who posted this morning, Lord, that moms have the hardest jobs and they are paid the least. I pray, Lord God, that you would be glorified in our time together today. And I pray that your kingdom come in our lives and in our hearts and above everything Lord Jesus I pray that your name would be glorified I pray that you would be enthroned and I ask you to give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church I pray this all in Jesus good name someone said you may be seated in the presence of the Lord so this morning I am going to be speaking a message entitled Praise-Worthy. Praise worthy. And Mother's Day is a special day, some, some, for some it's a painful day, for those of you that have lost your, your mother, and I, and I use that word loss. I don't mean loss. I, I, like, I was at a funeral the other day, and a pastor said that he was speaking to someone, I believe, and their, their mother or someone passed away, and they said, um, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, and he said, I didn't lose her. You know, and so I, I just say that, you know, I, I, because it's normal, but it didn't lose her. She knows where she's going, right? So I didn't lose her. I'm going to go meet her one day. Amen? Amen. And so glory to God. But, um, you know, I, I just pray for comfort in those hearts. And today, when we when we look at Mother's Day, as I, as I began preparing this message, we stand in a, in, a, in a weird place because when you look at the culture as it's changed during the time that the scriptures were written, we're like in between or should I say we're at the end of one other extreme. Because during the time that the scriptures were written, and I want to make this clear, during the time the scriptures were written, there was, a, there was a wrong mindset regarding women. Not that the scriptures conveyed that. That's the way that men were. It's not because God had that mindset. That's just the way that men were. But during the time that these scriptures were written, um, women were not thought very highly of. They were thought to be less than men. They were thought to have little value. What I love about the book of Proverbs chapter 31 is for those of you that were here when I was doing the series throughout the book of Proverbs and we, we realized that we were talking throughout the entire book about this thing called wisdom. Y'all remember that, right? We were talking about wisdom and our need for wisdom. And what I love is that the book of Proverbs doesn't close the, or God's inspiration doesn't close on the inspiration of talking about a wise man, but he talks about a wise woman. And all of the wisdom that has been spoken of throughout the entire book of Proverbs can be summed up in this one woman that God is depicting and he's he's personifying what wisdom really looks like. And I thank him because he uses this wonderful example of what a woman who is filled with wisdom would look like and what she would be like. And so the one extreme is one where women are not very important, where they don't matter very much. And then the other extreme is the one that we, are, that we are experiencing now, which is this aftermath of a women's liberation movement. And I want you to get this. This movement didn't begin in a secular realm. It began in the church. Are you hearing me? It is because people began reading their Bibles and they understood we shouldn't look at women as less than. And so someone who had a conviction of the Holy Spirit, someone who recognized that women should be treated on an equal playing field as men, was like wait a second, we need to do something about this. The problem was, someone else, or and and when I say someone else I'm going to not talk about a person, but I will say a spirit got a hold of that and put it in the wrong hands of the wrong people with the wrong mindset and now we're in a day where there is much confusion the big question is what gives a woman value what gives her value? What gives her worth? And our Bible is filled with the answers to those things. But what happens is, while something that started off as good to restore the honor that God always intended for women to have, then we come to this place like, what gives them worth? And that's why this morning I want to share this message as a way of encouragement to mothers, as a way of encouragement to women in general. And also, and don't forget this, don't think like, okay, I'm a guy, so I'm going to check out. Don't check out. Amen? Because there's going to be plenty in here for all of us, because we're going to talk about one thing that applies to everyone, and it is what sets this woman apart, and it is something called the fear of the Lord, and everybody, say everybody, Everybody. should be governed by the fear of the Lord, not just women, men, everyone in this room should be governed, their lives should be led by the fear of the Lord. But what happens is, we have this question, so what gives a woman value? And here's what we realize is that while the culture changes and, and will continue to change, God does not. From the beginning of creation, he made women to be of equal value to men with a different function. Our problem today, or one of our greatest issues, is differentiating value from function. Because what happens is, you know, and, and, and I use this outside of the context of a woman, in general, you go, you know, you go to work, right, if you're an electrician or something like that, they have like the person, I don't know if he's called a journeyman or what it is, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really all familiar with everything there, but here's what I understand, you're, you're like a senior electrician, you know, you get paid more, right, and if you're the helper, what do you get paid? right peanuts hello somebody in comparison because you're what you're the guy that holds the wire glory to god you're the guy that hands him the the hammer you don't you you you, and and so what happens is in our day we minimize this word helper amen Uh and so when we think about the word helper it's like oh god is you know calling a woman a helper then what we do is we belittle that position not realizing that god is called our helper I want that to compute for a moment because, you know, it's been said a few times and I know you've heard that before. But understand this. God is called our helper. In the Old Testament, he's called our helper. In the New Testament, Jesus says, when I go, I will send who the comforter who is the helper. That's who God is. And so is God less than not at all. God is supreme. And so what happens is God elevates women. Even when the, when the, when the book of Genesis was written, when, when that whole thing, women were not thought of as anything. And so when Moses wrote that the woman was the helper, he elevated a woman because he said, listen, this one's going to come, come beside this man because this man cannot accomplish his purpose without her. So he elevates them and so what happens is we get this wrong mindset. We can't we can't say, Well, if you don't do this then you know you're not worth this. The fact of the matter is, God does not count worth the way that we do. Amen. And what happens to us is that whether we are male or female, many times what we do is we find our identity in the wrong things, especially us as Christians. See, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in this place, your identity should not be found in in, in your gender. Your identity should not be found in anything outside of Jesus. But if we're honest with ourselves, that will be a point of continual repentance because we do not find our identity in Jesus all the time. We're not always finding our identity in Him. And so of the utmost importance this morning, if you don't get anything else, if you're taking notes, write this down. Write it on ins- somewhere in your Bible. Um, is that God values, has always valued, and will always value women. His desire, he desires for women to be defined by him as creator, developed by him as author, and destined by him as finisher. Let me say that again. He desires women to be defined by him as creator. Not defined by someone else, but defined by him as creator. He desires them to be developed by him as author. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of our faith therefore the author determines what's going to happen and so rather than letting someone else or something else define you you should let him who is the author be the one to define you and he also wants to be the one who destines your life or directs your life as the finisher because if he's the finisher that means that he's going to bring to completion what he started amen somebody and so that is something that God desires for us to know in general but specifically this morning I want to speak that into the life of the women here. And in this particular portion of scripture, in the book of Proverbs, we find this, this is a poem. And what it is, it's an alphabetic acrostic poem, meaning this, you know, it's an acronym. And when you look at this, when you look at this whole thing, there's 22 verses there from, from verse 10 all the way to the end. There's 22 verses. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And what happens is every verse begins with a particular letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And, and, and what, what happened is that the, um, the, 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 the writer or, or, you know, when the Holy Spirit was inspiring this and, every, and, and this was written down, what they utilized this was for those people who were looking like, what were the qualities of a woman? Amen. Amen. Like, what were the qualities? If I'm a young man and I'm unmarried, like, what should I be looking for? Are y'all hearing me? These are the ABCs, right, of, 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 what, of what, 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 is a, what does a valuable woman look like. And so this poem is like at the end of the book to show us this. And so we can look at this and we can gain some understanding. The one thing that is of the utmost importance is that we are to be seeking the praise of God because when we do that, when we are seeking the praise of God, meaning that we are looking for God's well done, good and faithful servant, when we are living our life for his glory and his honor, when we are living in a way that brings praise to him, that is what it means to seek his praise. When we are living that way, what happens is there is a guaranteed joy and lasting fruit. Those are the two things that matter more than anything else is that in this life that we bear much fruit because that brings glory to God and then the second thing is not just that we bear much fruit for his glory and honor but that as we are bearing that fruit that we have joy but if I'm trying to find my identity in all kind of other things or in other places my joy gets sucked out because of what because that source of where I'm trying to find my identity is going to fail me it's not always going to be i'm not always going to be the uh, for, you know for the women in the house you're not always going to be the perfect mom hello I remember this story and I and I get to my first point in a moment but on the day on the day of my wedding when I when I got married you know it's I, I guess I mean I, I, I assume it's traditional for the you know the 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 children of the of the parents that are getting married to say something to their parents and you know thanking them or whatever the case may be and so on that particular day I think within that week or that month I was listening to the radio and there was a woman who was preaching or she was teaching on you know and she was encouraging women about parenting and she said that she remembers one day there was was a night that she went, and I shared this at at my wedding to encourage my mom, Um, and and, and what it was is this woman, she said, you know, it was one night, it was time for me to, you know, lay my, you know, um, lay, lay, lay my kids down to sleep, and it was one of those days that it had just been a long day, and in this being a long day, I wasn't as patient as I should have been. When I went to the room, I didn't want to read the story. I didn't have the right attitude, and I treated my child the wrong way and put in a bed like that. And the mom says as she walks away from the room, and when she walks away from the room, she goes into her room, gets in her bed, pulls her covers over her head, and she's like, oh, my goodness, Lord. And so she feels the Lord speak to her and say, do you trust me? She's like, yes, I trust you. It's like, do you trust me with your children? It's like, yes, I trust you with my children. It's like, okay, then trust that I didn't make a mistake in making you their mom. See, because what happens is when we fall short, we think, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this. Hold on a second. Did God entrust you with it? Then you can do it. Not only can you do it, but you're the right one for the job. Amen? Amen. And, and, and we, we begin to measure our lives sometimes by the standards of others because she's so like this or, you know, they're so like that. And, and, when, and God doesn't want us to measure our lives by anyone. Here, You know, you know, you know what I love about this, about um, Proverbs chapter 31 and these verses? This is like looking at the female version of Jesus. Are you all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we read through this, you're going to understand what I mean. And, and, and you know what? I don't feel bad reading it to the women, glory to God. You know why? Because the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. So guess what? We both have some high standards to fill, glory to God. We both, we both have these impossible standards to fill that we will fall short in. And so the first thing that I'll ask you to repeat after me is this, say, The fear of the Lord, the of the Lord. Sets, us apart sets us apart for the praise that matters. The fear of the Lord sets us apart for the praise that matters. Let me say this. It is okay to praise a person for their good. It is not okay to worship them. It is okay to tell someone you appreciate them. It is okay. Like today, we say Happy Mother's Day. We do things for our moms, our spouses, and things of that nature. We let them know how we feel about them. We let them That's praise. That is okay. It is not okay to idolize them and worship them and let your life revolve around them. That is wrong. And so the scripture says here in verses 28 through 31, we'll read those again. It says this. It says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. He says this. He says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. This should be the heart. Here's the thing. I want you to notice here that what, what, what happens is children rise up. And, and look, this doesn't happen right away. Amen, somebody? Because, you know, a lot of us, we didn't praise our mom because of all of the things that she was doing. You know, while we were kids, we were like, man, I can't believe she's like that. I can't believe I got to deal with this and all that kind of stuff. And then we got older. Hallelujah. And we would praise God for my mom. Thank you for being the way that you were. Thank you because God knew exactly what I needed because I was a knucklehead. Glory to God. Amen. And I need some knuckles in my head. That's what that means, amen? See what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all, y'all got to get that, all right? I need it. My, and y- y- y'all get it. So anyway, here's the thing, right? I was hard-headed. I need someone to be giving me some, you know, for y'all Hispanics, you know, some cocotazos, hallelujah, you know? I think my grandfather, he used to have a knuckle and just be like, what is wrong with you? You know, that was it. But anyway, God knew what we needed, right? We don't. And, and so they may not get up and praise you. But me as a parent, you as, you, know, you as a mom, you have to know that you are doing your best to instill in them the godliness, the values, the things. You know, they're going to get mad. They're going to suck their teeth. And, you know, if, you know, anyway, you might lay hands on them for that. Glory to God. I would, but praise the Lord Jesus. That's just me. But well, what I'm saying is, you are, this, this will happen. They're going to rise up at some point. They're going to praise you. They're going to thank you for this. Your spouse, if, you know, if he's there, glory to God, you know, some, some situations are not like this. But he will rise up and he will praise you also. But here is the mindset in verse 29, especially for us as husbands to be encouraged in this. Many daughters, because this is like the husband speaking to his spouse, saying many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. And so what happens is in my home, the one who excels them all is Elaine Jonas. She is the one, look, all y'all do great jobs as mom, but she is number one mom, and that is all day long. Amen? Amen. I, I'm just saying, y'all are great moms, but she's greater, in my eyes. And just, just this, this is my, because, and, and I hope every other husband in this place, if you had the mic, you'd be saying the same thing. Not because you want the cool points. <laughs> but because you really mean it. And, and, and let me call you husbands to repentance if you don't mean that. If you're always comparing your, your wife, the mother of your children, to someone else, you need, you need deliverance, my brother. And I, I say that seriously. If you're always looking in someone else's window saying, I wish you were like that, you need Jesus. You need, you don't, don't blame her for your sinfulness. Well, if she, It don't matter what she is. What are you like? I told you, don't, don't, don't shut me off, guys. Glory to God. We're going to work together today. I know where on Father's Day I get with the wives. Amen. Amen. I don't. Know, D- Dad's like, man, I thought this was a Mother's Day message. How did I get a coca Glory to God. <laughs> Listen now. What, what what I'm saying is, this is the mindset. You excel them all. I appreciate what you have done. That should be the mindset. And he goes on to say this. He says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Charm is deceitful. He's talking about external stuff. Beauty is passing. Listen, I don't care how many lotions you use. I don't care how much time you spend in the gym, someday gravity's going to get its best on you, Amen. I'm just saying, and when you try to fight it, because some of y'all going to try to fight it. I don't, you might try to fight it with Botox or plastic surgery, then you're going to be, and I don't want to say anyone's name, but you know them because you're thinking about them right now, those faces are flashing before you, you know, those faces just like looking crazy. <laughs> Because they're trying to fight something, glory to God I don't care how good the plastic surgeon is either It's not their fault They can only do so much, glory to his name Because things change But here is what does not change What does not change And actually Makes you look more beautiful Makes you become more appealing Is that while gravity might be getting its best on one side The glory of God is getting its best on the other and what begins to happen is, as you as a woman of God begin to walk in the fear of his name, your beauty begins to rise even greater. And, and so what really, what, and what, what, what is happening here is right now now, 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 now remember what I said. This is this poem, and they're breaking this down like, young men, this is what you want. And so see, young men, like, you know how we, you know, we do our little list of things we want, even if we don't write it down, we think about it, amen? And she's got to look like this and have this and all that, right? Hold on a second. What the writer here is saying, and remember the writer is the author, which is the Holy Spirit, saying you better find a woman that fears God because she might look good on the outside but maybe rotten on the inside. And so you want a woman that fears God. You want a woman who has a fear of the Lord. Jesus rebukes the Pharisees for seeking the praise of men rather than the praise of God. In our day, our praise usually comes in the form of success and accomplishments, and that becomes amplified by the positive comments of others. What happens is we get, we get praised because we do good. You know, we seem to be good parents here, or we're so sensitive there, or whatever the case is, and we get this praise. And then what happens is we start to bank on that praise rather than, God, am I pleasing you? But when our hearts are overwhelmed with the gospel and what Jesus has done for us, we find our identity in him. And what happens is, is the fear of the Lord frees us from the need to fit into any mold that didn't derive its form from the scriptures. Now listen to me. Before you, and and this is specifically to the women at this moment and also to the men, think about this. Don't let any voice tell you what you should be like if that voice is not communicating what the scriptures say. Are you hearing me? Don't let anyone tell you that you should be like this or be like that or you have to be this way or you have to be that way. If the word of God is not declaring that, then you don't need to try to fit that mold. You need to seek God's word for what he said. God wills this, and and this is what the scripture says here, that this is what the children do, this is what the husband does. God wills that every mother, not every woman, I want to make that clear. God wills that every mother be praised by her children for her character and desire to please the Lord and taking care of her family. Amen? Amen. That's what he desires for every mother in this place. Now listen, I'm I'm not ignorant to the fact not every woman is going to be a mother. Are you hearing me? Not every woman. There's, look, there's some women that would choose to be single for the rest of their life, and that's how it's going to be, and that's, that's a different story. God wants to do something else with you. But here's what happens. For mothers, God wants that. And the key to that, fear of the Lord. The key to being praised is walking in the fear of the Lord. Is living out your life in the fear of the Lord. The second thing I ask you to repeat after me is to say, The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord gives, us value gives us value and sets our values. Sets value. Look at verse 10. And we're going to read through a bunch of verses here. We're going to go from verse 10 to verse 24. So I'm going to probably pause and just talk about each of them and we'll get through this. But there's a lot to say here. The first thing he opens up with, he says, who can find a virtuous wife or a virtuous woman? A woman of strength is what he's talking about. A strong woman. For her worth is far above rubies. And so he wasn't saying that they don't exist. He's saying, but who can find one? He's like, look, these are things that are rare. Hello. Not every woman is like this. Not everyone is this way. But who can find that one? Her worth is far above rubies. You want her more than you want all the riches in the world because you cannot buy a good wife. Hello, somebody. Mm -hmm. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her so he will have no lack of gain. So remember, we're, talk- we're going through the alphabet here. So a woman who's virtuous, a woman who's strong, a woman who has character, Her heart, the heart of her husband safely trusts in her, so he will have l- no lack of gain. He knows that she, and, and look, this is speaking of gain, so this is talking about money. Hello. So she's not just out there just trying to spend and just, you know, all kind of craziness, but she is a woman that her husband can trust to, you know, work with the budget or follow one. Amen, somebody? All right, all right glory to God. Verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life so when you're looking for this woman this woman has got these characteristics or someone who has the ability to do this she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands now look i want to pause here because this woman is one and you'll see later on she works with a spindle and a distaff and all this stuff and so that was a woman that she was making her children's clothes how many of y'all women make clothes I'm just saying, none of y'all, most of you in here do not do that, right? You don't, you, you don't, you're not like, you know, a seamstress or nothing like that. And you just sew, right? Most, most do not. There's a few that may. But here's the thing. I want you to understand. What he's talking about is a quality clothing for the, thinking about the children and thinking about the family. So what does that mean? You know, when I, when I thought about this, I said, how would this apply in today's context, right? I thought about my amazing wife. And I thought about her ability and this may sound funny to some of y'all, but her ability to really shop. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let, 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 let me explain to you what I mean. When her and I first got together, right? You know, I, I'm, I, 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 you know, glory to God, I didn't have all this money when I was growing up. So one day we went to the store, and there were these pair of pants, really nice pants. You know, they flowed real nice. You know, really, I was like, man, those, those are some nice pants. You know how much those pants were? Sixty bucks, and I wanted two pairs. And she looked at me like I was crazy. But it was my money. She said, "All right, get what you want to get." Now look, now, now, now listen. Here, here, here's the thing. That was the only time, and for the rest of my life, that I've ever bought something. Cr- well, one other time I did. I can't confess. Well, I'll confess that one. I bought a, a very expensive shirt one time. So three times in my life, I made some horrible shopping mistakes. My point is, she will get those same $60 pants for like $20 and maybe $10. This is what I mean by knowing how to shop. What what I'm saying is she will get quality stuff. This this is what this woman is doing. She gets this wool and this flax and she's thinking about, I need quality material to make the clothing for my family. That's what she's thinking about, right? And so obviously she's purchasing some stuff. And so in the context today, she's not just a woman that's just some frivolous spender. Oh, I like those shoes, so I'm going to go buy those. They're $120. It doesn't matter. We're going to put it on credit. No, 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 no. That's not the kind of woman. The kind of woman this is, is one who looks at quality stuff and says, you know what? I'm not going to go and buy stuff that is garbage for my children because they're going to wear them out. Hello, somebody. But this is what he's saying. He's saying a woman that thinks about these kind of things, this is a woman that is worthy to be praised. He goes on to say this about her. He says, she is like the merchant. Verse 14, she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. And so he's talking about her taking care of her family again and, 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 and making sure that her family is taken care of with food and, and just the regular needs of the home. She's worried about that. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maid servants. Time out. Now, we got to think for a moment. Is this something that we teach our daughters today? Do we teach them how important this is just to be able to cook? Hello, somebody. I'm just saying... Is that, is that like is that something that should matter? Well, Bishop, you should teach the men to cook. Let them cook too, glory to God. But what I'm saying is, according to the scriptures, she's the one who makes sure that her household is taken care of. And let me say it like this. You don't have to rise up early, but you may need to stay up a little late. Are you with me here? Because my wife may not rise up early and make all the meals in the morning, but before she goes to bed, glory to God. Everything is taken care of. Everything's the way it should. Because what? She is caring about her household. She is caring about them. And, and, and again, the scripture, not me. This is not Bishop. This is the Bible talking about food. Amen. Say food. food. So you don't want to just give people just raw food. Hello, somebody. You want to make sure you know how to do something. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 16 goes on. It says, she considers a field and buys it. From her prophets, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. And so what happens is, this is a woman again, what is the Bible talking about here? She's looking at a field, so not only does she take care of her home, but she's also, you know, doing something outside of the home to bring a prophet into the home. Hold on a second. This woman is, again, I said she's high standard. This is the female version of Jesus, glory to God perfect woman right she can cook she can clean she can do everything she works outside the home works in the home she everybody's in bed she's still up people are still sleeping she's getting up i mean this woman is perfect hello somebody and so what happens is you look at this you're like man i can't reach that standard hold on a second by the grace of god you can do all things through christ jesus who strengthens you amen and so she considers a field buys it and from her prophet she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. And her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff. This is what we're talking about, her sewing. And her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. And so this woman is one that takes care of her home. But also, the Bible says, she doesn't just care about those who are in her home. She cares about those who are without a home. This is what the scripture says about this woman, that she sh- extends her hand. She didn't tell someone else to do it. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. So even though she, you would think, man, this woman's got to be overwhelmed. She does all this stuff for her home, and, and yet she's thinking about other people still. That's the heart of God in someone. Amen? Amen? Verse 22 says, she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So you know what? She, she rewards herself. Amen. Ladies, you should have said amen to that. I got like one amen. You should have been like, glory to God, right? I'm just saying, she ain't walking around looking all busted because you would think, right? I'm just saying, you would think this woman, she's got to be worn out tired. She's walking around in like scrubs all the time. Hello, right? I'm sorry, man. So I don't mean to throw that out there like that. My bad, my bad. Right? She's just walking around looking crazy. No, she's not. She's taking care of herself, right? But 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 she's in an honorable way. She's not out there looking crazy. She's in an honorable way. She dresses right. Her husband is known in verse twenty-three. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells them and supplies sashes to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. And so what we find about her is that she has all of these things. I love what it says there. It talks about her husband. Why is it even talking about her husband in any of this? What does any of this have to do with her husband being honored in the city? All of this is because of the type of woman that she is, because she's working hard. And when people see her, they see the representation of God, and they see that her husband, that's a man that needs to be respected, because look at the kind of wife that he has. When they look at their children, they're like, hold on a second, that, that, that is a woman of God. That, those, those, those kids are taken care of. Those, when they see those things, all of those things reflect him. And, and listen, it's not about him. This is just thrown in there as the result of a woman being a woman of God, caring for her family, taking care of the things like she should according to the scriptures. Not because some man said a woman has to do this. This is what the Bible says. Listen, I would lie to you to say, I would, listen, I would have to tear pages out of my Bible and erase Scripture to tell you that God says, listen, for the women that are married and have children and work outside the house, you don't have to worry about taking care of your home. I would be lying to you because that's not the Bible. The Bible says clearly that the woman is supposed to be a homemaker. Are you hearing me? In other words, taking care of the home. The fact of the matter is, in our culture today, we just we want to hire someone else to take care of our home. We'll hire someone else to take care of our kids. We we'll do all kind of different stuff. The reality is, God says, look, you can be all of these things. It's gonna take a lot of work. You know what the beauty of this is? The beauty of this is that this is not forever. Amen. Because as your children grow, you know, they can stay up a little later and make their own lunch. Amen. Glory to God. If you're training them right, I'm just saying they can wash their own clothes, glory to God. They can fold their own clothes. My mom, look, it wasn't very long before my mom had me washing my own stuff, cleaning my own. Yeah, you, you can take care of all that. Hello, somebody. So there, there, there's some time that you're gonna put in. There's some time that you're gonna I feel bad for my wife because she'd be worn out. I'd be like, man, I just I I don't get enough sleep. You know what? That, that, that's the season that she's in. That's just it. And that may not sound compassionate. Listen, I'm not trying to be, you know, non-compassionate toward her. The fact of the matter is, there's going to be a season that it's going to be tough. There's going to be a season that it's going to be hard. But you know what? That's the beauty and, 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 and the wonder of what God, because the last verse is this. It says this in verse 31. It says, give her the fruit of her hands. You see, because at the end of all that hard work, you're going to see the fruit of your labor. Yeah. You may not see it now because I'm going to tell you something, while I tell you my mom used to make me you know, wash my clothes and fold and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to tell you something. When I was a kid, I was crazy. You know, I, I, I would wash, fold, and just throw that stuff in the drawer. Now, everything looks like I'm in the military or something like that. And it's because of my mom. I'm serious. You can ask. It's because of her. I didn't, I didn't want to do it when I was a kid. But when I got older, I was like, man, there was a reason why she was saying fold it. Don't just throw it in. You can fit more stuff in a drawer when it's folded, <laughs> glory to God. You're not trying to break the drawer to shove it in there if you fold stuff up, right? I mean, mom had a reason that she, she wasn't just trying to be difficult, glory to his name. She was trying to help you out, and I appreciate that help. And so the point is that right now it may be tough, but there's going to be a season where it's not going to be as hard. And, 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 and my prayer is that every one of the mothers in here would be able to experience that place where, they, where she sees the fruit of her hands. Amen? The fear of the Lord gives us value and sets our values. When the fear of the Lord is the source of our values. See, this woman has these values. She cares about her home, she cares about her children, she cares about her spouse, she cares about the economy of her home, she cares about their, their well-being, she cares about those who are hurting, she cares about those who don't have. Why? Because this is a woman that fears God, therefore her heart is governed by what? It is governed by the fear of the Lord. And so her values are set. Because of, because not because of the culture, but because of the God whom she serves and fears and walks. And when we talk about the fear of the Lord, again, we're not talking about afraid. We're talking about reverence and honor for who he is. Amen. Amen. Third thing, repeat this after me. Say, the fear of the Lord Lord guards, guards, grounds, grounds, and guides our families. families." The fear of the Lord guards, grounds, and guides our families. Look at verse 25. It says, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She watches over the way of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness That means that she's just not sitting there chilling just doing whatever hello she is on top of stuff she is she knows what's going on in her home she's she's guiding she's she's leading the scripture says she opens her mouth with wisdom wisdom comes out of her mouth to who well to anyone she talks to but specifically in her home she deals with her family. She communicates them to, with them the law of God in a kind way. She's not rough. She's not mean. Sometimes, you know, some moms, some, you know, so, some of you, some mothers are a little more rough than others, and that's fine. I'm not telling you all, all you have to be like, you know, whatever, but what I'm saying is, for this particular one, she communicated something in a way that they were able to receive, they were able to grasp, they were able to understand. And this, this part takes will take us to the New Testament because here's, here's what I want you to understand. Of all the things a godly woman wants for her family, especially her children, is to be able to pass on to them the fear of the Lord. I want my kids to go to college, I want my kids to be successful, I want my kids to do this, A, B, C, D. You want all of those things. But if you really fear God, you understand that one thing really matters, that they know Jesus. One thing matters is that they walk with him. Not that you want them to fail in anything else, but that they know Jesus because they can be successful in all other areas. And the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the world yet forfeit his soul? And so that godly woman understands that and she carries that weight and that burden for her family. We were having a conversation in our connect group, and Minister Dawn, we were talking, and we were going through some of the questions from last week, and as she began to share in there, she began to share her burden for her family, and she began to talk about that. And one of the things that Sister D, um, she she mentioned it to me, and she was talking, and she said, you know, Bishop, and she she didn't communicate it in the circle, and so I'll communicate it here, she said, Isn't that a burden that God gives us and that way we can pray and and, and minister? And I said, absolutely, 100%. And one of the things that I know, and and I I share this with you because I'm I'm a product of this, is that, first of all, men, we we may be able to tolerate pain, but none of us know how to give birth. You hear what I just said? We don't know how to do it. I I doubt any of us would want to do it. Y'all hear me? We, We may say... If I could take your place, we don't mean that. We, we do not mean that, okay? I, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm just I, I know y'all men don't want to laugh at me, but look, man, here's the reality. The reality is none of us want that pain of childbirth. I mean, that is pain. I remember watching my wife you know, give birth to my daughter, Alexis. And let me tell you, you know, people cry for different things, right? But if there's one thing that... that I, What I cried about, I, I, I rejoiced when my daughter was born, but I started to cry when my wife was getting to those last pushes, mm -hmm. because I could feel what she was feeling in that room. I mean, it was like, I was like, (laughs) and what I'm saying is, moms, you know, listen, dads, you can go to Lamaze all day, glory to God, and you can know how to breathe, you know, breathe. I, I can't even do the breaths now. It's been a long time. But the point of the matter is, you can know how to do all the breaths. You don't know how to push the baby out. Because I, at one point, you know, the doctor was like, listen, this, you know, because the, the, the doctors, get, the nurse, they give you really good instructions. They're like, listen, when you push, don't do this, do this, right? So I was like, so one push, my wife was like, and so after the push was done, I was like, baby, she was like, what? I said, not, and she was like, <laughs> She was like, "Get get out of this room, okay?" And, and so, what happens is, I don't know what's going on. I I, I don't understand. I, the point is that when God burdens your heart as a mom, you need to take that thing into a prayer closet and begin to give birth to that thing that God is burdening your heart for. And what I mean is, is that in prayer. Now, let me say this: It doesn't mean dads that you can't get a burden from God because it. Pushing a promise of God out is not like pushing a baby out Hello somebody In the natural sense In the spiritual sense, absolutely And we all need to know how to do that But I'm telling you today I stand here because when my mother got saved My mother began to walk with Jesus And I can tell you this I watched, the only reason why I know this Is because I watched my mother pray for her dad And and, and I never saw anyone agonize in prayer Over another person the way that I saw my mom praying for, for her dad now, I know my mom loves her dad a lot, but I know how much my mother loves me. And the one thing that I know is that as she was crying like that and breaking down like that. For her dad, I know she was crying and breaking down like that for her son. And it wasn't even a month or, or so, it was, it was a short period of time after she gave her life to Jesus and really began to intercede for me that the Holy Ghost got a hold of me and wrecked my life for good. Amen? Seriously. And so, what happens is, we have this ability, and, and, and mothers, you have this ability, and you want to see this thing. Listen, you can talk all you want to talk, but you got to pray those things into the life of your children. Sister Eleanor, she was telling us a story. We were there. I'm, I'm going to share this story. Can I share this story, please? Yes? Good. All right. Glory to God. I asked her. I put her on the spot. She's like, yeah, Bishop, go ahead. You can share it now that you've already talked about it. But I'm sorry. I should have It just came to me right now. But what happened is... Sister Eleanor, she was telling us about her kids, and she got to a point where she was desperate for them. Listen, she took scriptures, amen, now listen, listen, she took scriptures, wrote them down, opened up pillows, put them inside the pillows, sewed up them pillows, said, you're laying on them. She put scriptures inside their shoes. She was like, Lord, these are your promises. They're going to walk on them promises. They're going to sleep on them promises. Listen, until I see the promise of God over my children, I will not give up. And that has to be something that comes inside of your spirit. That is given by the Spirit of God. And so listen, I want, I want you moms to know that you are very, very important. Not just to give us birth. I always say this to my mom. That you know you gave me birth twice. You gave birth to me twice. Because you gave me life in this natural world. And you gave me life into the Spirit as well. And I thank God for that. And dads, listen, I'm not discrediting you. Because we should be some intercessing, fire, Holy Ghost filled Dads. But I want to talk to the moms today, amen? I'm going to get you on Father's Day. But here's here. but, but having this heart, and so I want you to turn to the New Testament really quickly, and we're going to get ready to close here in a moment. But as you go to the New Testament, you're going to turn to 2 Timothy because I want you to see this guy by the name of, uh, of Timothy and what the Apostle Paul speaks to him. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, is the first verse that we'll read here. 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 through 5 when you got to say amen it says this it says I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day see dads this is a man writing this let me just throw this out there because we're here as without ceasing that's how we should be praying for our sons and our daughters That's how we should be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's how we should be praying for those that we disciple and we mentor. We should be praying without ceasing for them, day and night making prayer for them. Verse 4 says, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. It says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, And your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, is in you also. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, is also in you. When Paul is reminding Timothy about his calling and his gifts, you know what he brings to remembrance? He brings to remembrance not his father in this situation. When you go to the book of Acts, and as we continue through the book of Acts, you will see this. The Bible says that there was a Jewish woman who was a believer. She had a son by the name of Timothy. His father was a Greek, meaning that his father was not a believer. His father did not believe the scriptures. His father was not a pro- The Bible says this, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. The Bible says Paul circumcised a grown man for the purpose of going to preach because he was like, listen, these people know your dad is a Greek. What, do they, what does that mean? They know that your dad is not a believer. He doesn't practice the laws of God. He, doesn't, he, he, he does not believe in circumcision. He's not doing that. But see, the reason why I bring that up is because in some scenarios, look, the mom is the one that's going to do what? That's going to instill faith. Man of God, if you're in this place, that shouldn't be here. Hello. That shouldn't happen here. shouldn't be mom leading prayer. It shouldn't be mom leading Bible study. You're a man of God. You're a leader. You should be doing that. We'll talk more about that on Father's Day again. But here's the thing. The thing is, moms, you still even if dad is leading a Bible study, even if dad is leading in prayer, even if dad is leading as an example, you still have the responsibility to make sure that you are a confirmation, that you are confirming the truth, that you are completing the truth that is being brought to your children's life, that you are not an obstacle to the gospel in their lives. You need to make sure that you are that type of person whose faith is in them. That, that there's faith that is there. It's being demonstrated. I love the way the scripture talks because it bears so much witness to my life. Because he says, I remember your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And, and me, as I was growing up, it wasn't my mom that took me to church. It was my beautiful grandmother that took me to church. She took me to church when I was a little kid. And she made sure that I was there and had some level of foundation in my life. And while nobody else was thinking about me, she was praying for me. She was the one that was tricking me all the time, glory to God. I tell you all about her all the time, right? How she tells me, yeah, you need to pray. And then she would come and tell me one day, pray for wisdom. And I was like, all right, I'm going to start praying for wisdom. So now I'm praying for wisdom, and she was setting me up. Because what? I'm going to pray for wisdom, and God is going to show me you are an idiot. (laughs) I'm just saying. He said that to me. I didn't say he said that to you. Amen, glory to God. He he can talk to me like that. I know some of y'all, he can't talk to y'all like that. But what I'm saying is, he, he... He was going to show me that I was wise in my own ways, so I was a fool to use biblical language. He was going to show me that, but she's the one that was setting me up like that. She was the one that would, you know, every once in a while trick me into going to church. And I told you she got me to go to church on a Wednesday night Bible study. They were teaching, so I'm praying for wisdom. And then I go to this Bible study. They're talking about prayer. They say you got to pray in the name of Jesus. So now I'm praying for wisdom in Jesus' name. Right? and my grandmother did a great job and she's done this with all of her grandchildren she has no hair on her tongue telling you acting like that, you going to hell listen, y'all like don't want to talk about hell my grandmother be like that behavior's taking you to hell she made sure so not only was I praying for wisdom but I was asking for forgiveness because I knew I was going to hell because of how I was living and it was all her fault, glory to God But it bears witness because she brought me to church. She's praying for me. She's leading me. And, and and while my mom was not saved, and then my mother gets saved. And so the faith that you see here today—that's grandma. That's mom. That's who poured that stuff into my life. And I thank God for them. And I'm able to honor God for them for, for those for those things that they have given to me. That that listen, those are the most important things. But he goes on to say something else because I want you to get this. If you look over to verse um, to, 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 to chapter three in this in this book. Verse 14 to 15, I want you to see that it doesn't stop with just a faith. But he says this. He says in verse 14, he says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. So he's learned some things from who? Grandma Lois, Mama Eunice, and the Apostle Paul. He's learned some things from all of them, but he goes and he gives specific honor. And he said, And that from childhood... You have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. Remember that? Pray for wisdom. Make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so here's what we got to understand. The fear of the Lord is exemplified in the lifestyle that we live, but it is solidified in the hearts of those who are instructed in the truth of the gospel. Lois and Eunice, they passed on their faith through the instruction of Scripture to Timothy combined with a life of faith. So it wasn't just mom and grandma living a lifestyle. It was them communicating the gospel truth. It was them communicating the scriptures. And when Paul says that these scriptures are able to make you wise of salvation, it is because what do the scriptures teach? The scriptures teach you the gospel. The scriptures are the gospel. They introduce you to who God is. They tell you that he's holy. They tell you that he's righteous. The scriptures introduce you to who you are, that you are a sinner that is separated from God, and that if you die in your sins, you will spend all of eternity in hell. The scriptures introduce you to Jesus who died in your place so you would not have to experience the eternal wrath of God and be separated from God for all of eternity, but you could be united to God, reconciled to him if you you will put your faith in him which is what the scriptures show you that if you confess him as lord and believe in your heart that you can be saved that's what these scriptures communicate and he said you've known these scriptures since you were a child you've known these scriptures since you were a child when i thought about my grandmother i was like i wonder what scripture she was teaching me and i tell, and i think i've told you this before my favorite story in the bible at that time i used to ask her to read it to me all the time was david and goliath every night sit down grandma come on read the scripture to me she so read the scripture to me. And I remember one time that I was there and I told her, I said, you know, what this scripture really means is that it does not matter how strong you are physically. It matters how strong you are in the Lord. And she said, I didn't realize the gospel implication of that. But that is finding your identity in Jesus. Because you try to be strong in all kinds of different areas. But there is one place where you and I must be strong. And if we're strong there, we're going to be strong everywhere else. If we are strong in who we are in Christ, then we're good. Because everything else, look, no matter what happens, we know where our identity is found. And so here's my last question for you, or, or let, me, let, me, let me say this last statement then I ask you a question. The mother who makes it her aim to walk in the fear of the Lord, guarding her children from what she can and grounding them in the gospel she knows can trust her Savior to guide them in life. The mom who makes it her aim to walk in the fear of the Lord, guarding her children from what she can and grounding them in the gospel that she knows can trust her savior to guide them in life. My grandmother can sit here and she can attest to you that there was a lot of times in my life that she was like, I don't know if there's any hope for him. She'll tell you, I was, a, I was, I was pretty rough. I didn't have a lot of respect, I was, I was, I was not, not godly in any way, shape or form. I really needed Jesus. Just like everyone else in this room. Amen? Amen. But the reality is that there was hope because they laid a foundation. There was hope because they were praying over my life. There was hope because they were living the godly standard to to the best of their ability. And let and let, let me share this with you. The greatest picture of the gospel that our children can see is when we show our need for the gospel. And the way that we do that is when we fall short, we don't act like we have it all together. But we confess our sin and repent before our kids and let them know, I'm falling just like you. There's only two perfect people, this woman in the book of Proverbs and Jesus. Amen? Come on and stand on your feet and bow your heads. My question for you this morning or this afternoon is, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, does your life reflect the fear of the Lord? This is men, women, children, everyone in this building. I want you to ask yourself that question. Does your life reflect the fear of the Lord? If I were to ask someone else about you, we'll we'll ask this question this way. If I were to ask the people that are closest to you, would they say, that's a person that fears God? That's a person that truly serves and honors Jesus. If the answer to that question is yes, you should be praying. You should be praying because there are other people that that answer is no. So you should be asking God right now for them that he would touch their hearts in a deep way and that he would do something in their lives. If the answer to that question is no, and you say, no, my life does not reflect the fear of the Lord. And I want God to change that. I want God to change that today. If that's you in this place, I'm going to open up this altar for you. And I'm going to ask you, you can just come forward and we want to pray with you. If that's you, you say, no, my life does not reflect the fear of the Lord. And I want someone to pray with me. I want someone to stand with me in prayer today. Don't sit in that seat and just wait for someone else to go. You be the first one to go. Hallelujah. We thank you for coming up. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The altar's open. I'm going to ask the pastors and the leaders to come forward, please. Pray with those that are on the altar. And if you need prayer, come forward. If you need prayer, the altar is still open. And I want to pray in general for everyone that has come forward, even those who may not have come forward today. Heavenly Father, we are humbled by your grace. Grab your neighbor's hand where you are, please, and join me in prayer and praying for those who have come forward today. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful today, God, We are so grateful, God, because you are stronger than anything that we may have ever faced, my God. You are stronger than anything that we face right now, God. And Heavenly Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that your spirit right now would be upon those who have come forward this morning, my Lord. Heavenly Father, that your spirit would be upon those, Lord God, who have made their way.